episode four of Digital Digital Get Down. Uh, my name is Bennett, and my co-pilot this week, Heather, she's playing hurt a little bit. She's got the sniffles, but you're going to tough it out. I'll try. Still drinking alcohol. Mixing some wine and cold medicine today. We'll see how sure. that turns out. We have a nice rosé today. I hear you love it. It's terrible. I should have known when the name of the wine was Pink Sauvignon. Mm-hmm. Like, there should be no pink in the title there. Yeah. Um, but it is a Pink Sauvignon from somewhere in New Zealand, and it's not good. With hints of fertilizer and... No, gooseberry and passion fruit characters. Not passion fruit, passion fruit yeah, characters. those aren't things. Yeah, terrible. Um, sync lightning round trivia. Are you ready? Sure, go ahead. There's only one question, so it's not really a lightning round. Okay. How many studio albums did InSync have? Three? Yeah, how did you know that? Good guess. I would have guessed a lot more than that. I don't think so. They broke up well before Backstreet Boys did. But Backstreet Boys is in, like, double digits by now. Oh, yeah, for sure. But they've had a lot of recent ones that are mixed yeah. uh, mixed success. But they're in Vegas now. I'd say they're a Vegas show. Okay. That's where aging pop stars go to die. Yes. Good pretty stuff. much. Pretty much. Okay, so what, are we going to recap what we've been up to recently? Watching, reading, or listening to? I assumed you were going to use this time to tease me for listening to jazz. Oh, no, I was just going to kind of let that one go, but... Yeah, I'm turning into a boring old old white person listening to jazz and playing chess in my free time. Well, when I need background music, I listen to, like, the Yuri on Ice soundtrack. Okay. Because it's mostly... Sufficiently geeky. Sufficiently geeky and mostly just music, not a lot of lyrics. Right. So that's usually my go-to, but if you want yours to be jazz, then... Uh... Yeah. It's fine. Okay. I was going to ask you mm-hmm. to give us an update on your 9,000-page book. I finished the 900-page book today, the new one by Paul Auster. Was it worth two weeks of reading? Uh, I was proud of myself that I finished it in two weeks, so I considered it an accomplishment. It was not worthy of being that many pages, though. I don't think it was necessary. Seems to be a thing in book la- books lately that nobody wants to edit down books. I think just because you can sell a longer book, that means books should be longer, and I disagree with that. Yeah, especially, I think, when it's an established author. Like, you're not going to see new authors with huge, huge page right. counts. But, you know, who's going to tell a, a famous author to shut up and... Hopefully their editor. That's literally their job. Yeah, you would think so, but... Um, we've also been watching a lot of The Office recently. A rewatch, yep. We're on season three, you said? Yeah, I don't know how many of these I've actually seen, though. So maybe it's not a rewatch. Well, it's a rewatch for me, because I've definitely seen them. But we just... Season two ends with Casino Night, which is, like, whew, tough oh. episode to get through. Out of tension. Tough episode. And now season three, we've just gotten midway through season three, the, the merger with Scranton and Stanford. Well, yeah. So that's what we're up to with that. I also just watched a really funny office bloopers video oh, that yeah? came up on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So I'll have to show you and post it on our Twitter page, hopefully. Definitely. Uh, there's some very funny, just like bad takes and people flipping <laughs> their lines and um, just them all cracking up on set. It's quite funny, so I'll have to share that as well. Um, I'm also watching some TV shows that you don't even know about. Are you doing Brooklyn Nine-Nine watching with No, me? I didn't start that. I do need... A funny show that I don't have to pay attention to that I can catch up on the weekends, maybe. You used to tease me about Voltron, and that was my funny, like... Yeah, but that one's very annoying just to listen to. Yeah, it's less annoying if you're watching it. I need another animated one, though. Netflix doesn't have enough selection for me for what I want to watch. So I'm five episodes into The Young Pope. Oh, yeah, how's that? It's not that great. Okay, not worth me watching? No, definitely not. Okay. 
I also watched the first episode of uh, Dear White People. Okay, how's that? I didn't really pay attention to it, so I, don't, I didn't like it very much. I've been watching um, Chewing Gum. That's the weird one I was watching the other night. It's like that British comedy. Yeah. It's a very strange Netflix original. The first episode, I was like, this is very odd. I don't know why I'm watching this. And then it actually gets kind of funny. It's still odd, but mm. that's been my kind of weird uh, offbeat comedy I've been watching lately. Yeah. Dear White People just made me feel very guilty for being white, which maybe was part of the point. That's the point. Mm. Check your privilege. Okay. <laughs> Are you going to continue watching it, you think? Uh, no, probably not. Okay, maybe I'll check it out and see what I think about it. Um, I read this week the Carrie Fisher memoir, the first one. Not, I read The Princess Diarist mm-hmm. recently, but I read Wishful Drinking. It came in at the library. Um, it was pretty good. I still think she's funny and she's a very good writer and she's very witty. Yeah. But sometimes it's a bit too much in a book because it's just like joke, 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 joke. Mm-hmm. Like it's a little bit too uh, full on yeah. in the book, as they do, say here in Australia. Do you feel guilty that you didn't start paying attention to her writing and things until it was too late? It's not even guilt. It's more like I, I wish she was still around to write more things because yeah. I think she does have a very unique voice. And like some of the best parts of the book were when she was talking really frankly about her struggles with mental illness and mm-hmm. how her uh, bipolar disorder feels to her and some of the effects it had in her life and stuff. And I, that was the best part of the book. So I kind of wish she was still here to be advocating for that and, and writing more things. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I don't feel guilty. I'm sure I would have gotten around to reading them eventually, but I just, I just do. I feel sad. Yeah. I just feel sad more than anything that she's not around to keep writing. And I also just got a few new stores for my Kindle. Mm-hmm. I have so many books that I keep putting on Kindle and not actually reading because yeah. I favor paper books for the most part. But two of my favorite recent authors have put out short stories recently. We've got a new short story from C.S. Picat that's mm-hmm. in the same universe as the Captive Prince books that we already talked about. That's right. There's probably going to be some gay sex in it. Um, I don't know, actually. Hmm. We'll see. I'll let you know when I read it. No spoilers. Um, I actually met C.S. Picat this week. It's true. You had a little literary powwow. It was very exciting. She was lovely. Um, I was complaining in our first episode that I had never made it to any of her signings, and then I happened to bump into her in Melbourne. So I was very excited about that, and she was lovely. Pretty cool. So I'm excited to read, extra excited to read her short story now. And uh, the other short story is Rainbow Rowell. Mm-hmm. Rowell? Yeah. Okay. She's um, unicorn flavored. Because <laughs> it's See Rainbow. that callback back? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so she, we really love her books uh you've only read Eleanor and Park that's so it far, for me right? so far but, we but both it really was a that. delight it was a delight so we've read that one but she has put out a short story she put it out a little while ago for a charity event in uh, the UK mm-hmm. and now it's just become available for other people as well okay. it's called Kindred Spirits and it is I think about Star Wars so that's kind of an accidental huh. theme of the beginning of our podcast so far okay um so I'll use that lead into my good week this bad week. news good news I'm starting with good news. It should have been oh, good God. news, bad news. Okay, go for it. All right. So my good news was a bit of a game time decision today. Yeah. I had You're a audible, as they say. I did give it an audible. I audible. <laughs> Can you use that as a verb? Um, I was going to talk about Jurassic World two, which I didn't really care that much about. They announced yeah. Jeff. Jeff Goldblum is going to be in it, and I was really just going to use that as an excuse to talk about a video that I saw of a person in a T Rex costume conducting an orchestra. Wow. That's got a lot of layers in there. A lot of layers. Okay. But screw that. Yeah. Today, the best thing probably that happens to me all day was <laughs> the video of Mark Hamill surprising 
Adam Scott uh-huh. on the uh, Jimmy Fallon show. No, yeah. sorry, Jimmy no. Kimmel, the other Jimmy, Jimmy okay. on the Jimmy Kimmel show. It was amazing. He was so cute. I cannot stop watching. He was literally shaking about how excited he was. Right. So the background of it, first of all, Kristen Bell was filling in for Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, I missed that part. I didn't really care about that. Yeah. Um, And so Adam Scott was the guest and it happened to be on the 4th of May, which everyone... May the 4th be with you. It's almost as annoying as Pi Day. It might be a little bit more annoying than Pi Day. I think it's slightly less annoying than Pi Day because at least there's more you can do with it. Really? Yeah, I've seen a lot of cute videos of, like, kids dressed up as Star Wars Pies. characters. and No, like, a lot of cute <laughs> Star Wars pictures and videos and stuff. Pi Day, it's, like, literally just pies and math. You would like Pi Day as okay. a math geek. So, Adam Scott is there, and he's retelling his his love of Star Wars. The first issue I had with this clip... Second grade, not second birthday. Is that what he meant to say? He meant to say second grade birthday. Because then they kept going with it, and he was like, yeah, yeah, I was a huge Star Wars fan when I was two years old, and I'm and like, second And I remembered birth- and I not, like, him not coming. What's wrong with him? I read another, like, recap article about it, and it said they had... Um, Must have been nervous. Or... They had given it the caption of second grade birthday. So his okay. second grade birthday party. So we would have been like eight, which makes more Got sense of him remembering and writing. Because <laughs> he wrote a letter and I was like, writing a letter at two yeah, years old? Like, this is a prodigy and he just ended up being a uh, bit actor? Like, oh my God. Excuse yeah, you. Me. I, I, I retract. I retract. I retract. Um, Anyways. One of my favorite shows, if I haven't mentioned it in the podcast, is Parks and Rec. And how dare you make that grave insults to Ben Anyways, Wyatt. so he's here and he's explaining how he invited Mark Hamill, a.k.a. Luke Skywalker. And he really thought he would show up yeah. if he wasn't busy that day. And then they like start playing the Star Cue Wars the music. And Mark Hamill comes in. And you can hear... Uh, you can, I almost said Ben Wyatt. You can, they were pretty much the same in this in this uh, talk show uh, episode. Yeah. You can hear Adam Scott going, "No fucking way! Are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? Holy shit!" He was just freaking out. Like you can actually see his hand shaking. Yeah. And then he says, "It's one of the best moments of his whole life." Yeah, which was cute, but also a little bit sad at the same Not time. Not really. If he's been his fan, if he's been a Star Wars fan, like literally as long as he can remember, and he just gets surprised on the show. Not the best day of his life. Best moment. Okay, but I thought everybody hated Luke Skywalker and thought. Mark Hamill was a terrible actor. Luke Skywalker's a whiny little bitch, but everyone right. likes Mark Hamill because he is just like a cool guy. Like, he, he shows up for shit like this all the time. Well, I was going to say, Mark Hamill's kind of available for a lot of birthday parties now. <laughs> I guess. He? Lots of bar mitzvahs. Yeah. Um, but it was just really cool. Like, sure. I don't know if there's... Well, what's the equivalent in your childhood? What do you mean? Of someone I invited to a birthday party? Someone you would have invited to a birthday party. Probably a seal. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be excited now if I just started playing Kiss on a Rose from a whatever and then Seal walked in? I feel a little strange, yeah. I'm just saying. Okay. I can't believe Seal is your market <laughs> in this scenario. All right. So that was my good news. We'll def- I'm sure everyone yeah. has seen this, the video at this point, but I'll definitely pop that up on our Twitter and hopefully have some good um, gifts of, of uh, Adam Scott's face as well. Yeah. Do you want to go with you your good go? news? Sure. Uh, just one quick one to start off with. You can't have two every single week. Yeah, this is like one and one A. Oh, okay. Um, Amazon is giving free Amazon Prime to everyone who lives in Manchester by the Sea, Massachusetts. To make up for how depressing that movie was, so they won't all kill themselves? I think so. So yeah, if you're a resident, you get free Amazon Prime. For how long? Uh, I think it's a year, maybe. They didn't even win anything. They got a couple of... Uh, Crazy Affleck won, yeah. I guess. 
That's so, a very bizarre okay. twist. Just a note on that. Is that trying thing. to incentivize people to let Amazon film their stupid movies in their towns? I guess so. That movie was so depressing. Like, I think it's too depressing for us to even cover on this podcast. Probably. Like, oh God, I don't even want to get into it. I'm but just getting sad just thinking about it. still a cool it. name for a town, even though it's slightly confusing. I guess so. Okay. Anyway. My main good news of the week is there's been a bunch of stories about it, but the general gist is that ebook sales and e-reader sales are going down. Physical books are making a comeback, which mm-hmm. has sort of been the trend for the last couple of years. That ties back into what I was saying earlier, that even though I keep buying books for Kindle because you get them you know, on a good deal for a couple bucks, yeah. I literally just let I download them onto the Kindle and then I go to the library and get more books yeah. or buy more books because I just prefer to read paperback books for yeah. a number of reasons. So one article in particular uh, from The Guardian really caught my interest talking about how that trend is, has been occurring over the last few years. It talked about how, like, Kindles now look kind of, like, outdated and, like, clunky little devices, and I sort of agree with that. Like, I don't really like carrying mine around that much anymore. It doesn't look as new and exciting as it used to, really. No, and the problem is with, like, Kindle Fires and stuff, the, the newer Kindles, to make them look snazzier, they're basically just, like, giant iPhones or, like, iPad right. minis. Yeah. They're not really, like, e-reader devices anymore. You can still do that on them, but they end up just making a tablet. Yeah. Like, you need... Someone needs to make a real snazzy actual e-reader that's just for e-reading with the right paper white thing. They need yeah. no. What they need oh, is a waterproof one. A waterproof, a waterproof yeah. one. True. How nice would it be, like in the summer? To, like I love swimming, but in the lake or the pool, like and then getting off and reading a book while yeah. you're like drying off or while you're tanning. I would love a waterproof one that I could literally like float with in the pool or yeah. like I'd take a bath and bring my e-reader in there. Go for it, girl. So that's what they really need to do. Like, I feel like they, in order to make it better or newer, they just seem to be keep making it more like an iPad. But I think there's a lot of other things they could do with it. What about this? What about a Kindle where the cover changed to display what book you were reading? Man, that's half the point of Kindles, that people can't see what book you're reading. Well, yeah, you often are hiding which what book you're reading. But what this article I'm talked that about... Bad. I don't, like, read Fifty Shades <laughs> of Grey, but... Was how, you know, books are still kind of like an art form in terms of the physical display of them. Like, the cover and the pages and the layouts. And especially in Australia, where the book covers are substantially better than... So much better. ...the ones in the U.S. But also, like, with that book I was talking about a couple weeks ago, Illuminae, you yeah. could not have read that on a Kindle. No, 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 with the way that it was... With the way it was yeah. formatted with the um, different chat logs and emails and images and things that would it would have been impossible to read on a Kindle. Yeah. And I really liked carrying around this giant 900-page book that I was reading these last weeks, even though it was super, super heavy to carry back and forth to work. It like actually felt like I was making some progress while I was reading it because you're flipping physical pages. You can see how far along you are. The little percentage bar in the bottom of the Kindle doesn't really not do satisfying. it for me. No, that's always been my argument with a real book is that I like the physical sensation of flipping the page and being able to look and see how far of the book you've read and how much there is left and how many pages there are to the next chapter to flip back yeah. to the previous one. That's such a pain to like jump locations on the Kindle and stuff. Yeah. So my whole view on technology has just shifted. I went from a smartphone obsessed uh, Apple fanboy and now I haven't, I, now I use a flip phone like a grandpa and I don't even like using my Kindle. I go to the library with you and use used books. I've been reading mm-hmm. used books. And I don't even know what to say. You flip-flopper. Yeah. All right, so that was my good news for the week. You want me to do some bad news? You want to go into your bad news? Sure. My bad news is about Game of Thrones. 
which I've never watched and never read. I think I was saving this for a later in today's show, but go ahead. Okay. Well, two news stories. I think there was a third one, so maybe that's the one you were going to get to. Okay, so the first Game of Thrones news story, What what is Dothraki, first uh, of all? It is the, like, ethnic background or the culture okay. of Khal Drogo. Um, you know Khaleesi? The dragon bitch. Sure. The mother of dragons. Her husband in the show the ones that ride the horses and he's got they have like all the be- the beards and the braids and stuff sure nothing no nothing no. all right well it's her husband's like culture is the Dothraki. and they have their own language i'm guessing yes they do okay so the story is that uh berkeley is going to be offering a course in learning and it's an intensive course in dothraki so that doesn't make any sense because, well, they have kind of circled back around to, Doth- to the Dothraki in recent seasons, but that was, like, so season one. Mm. Like, I understand, this is going to sound even geeky for me, but I understand why people would want to learn how to speak, like, Elvish from uh-huh. Lord of the Rings or, like, Vulcan from Star Trek. Mm-hmm. I don't see Dothraki. You don't see it being useful in day-to-day life? (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't. No? Even on the show, though. Like, they do speak it on the show a little bit in season one. And I guess a little bit in the later seasons, but I don't know. Well, I'll pause you. I was being a little bit facetious because actually the story isn't that insane. It's being taught by the guy who invented the language for the TV show. Oh, he's he's pretty famous. He's a big linguist for a bunch of TV yeah, shows. Yeah, exactly. So his course is actually going to be about inventing any a language from scratch. Okay, see, so that's useful. And he's going to be using that as the basis. That's useful. Yeah, there's not going to be like a, an oral exam, I don't think, at the end. <laughs> but. Well, that's a little bit more useful because people do need that in a lot of people. Like, publishing houses, like, hire yeah. people to do that for fantasy right. novels or like in Hollywood, like yeah. he got a job it's to make up industry. Yeah. Uh, right. Other Game of Thrones headline. Is this true or false? I just wrote it down. Ed, Ed Sheeran is getting a cameo this season. Oh, I have no idea about that. Yeah. This is not what I thought your bad news was going to be. Maybe you missed this. I, well, we'll get to it later then. So it can be a Game of Thrones centric episode, but yes, he was trying to make it a star Wars centric episode for May the 4th. So, yeah, Ed Sheeran's going to get to do a little cameo, and he may be singing. Singing? Yeah. The last singing episode was The Red Wedding. That did not go well. Oh, jeez. So, yeah, I just, I was going to make jokes about how I don't think he's the most attractive gent in the land, but maybe that will fit in with some of those clans. and <laughs> That just look generally unkempt and slightly homeless. <laughs> yeah. So you think he's got the right aesthetic for the show. He doesn't have to go. change too much. Yeah. See, my bad news wasn't even that negative, right? All right. Well, I think we a little bit have a shared bad news with my bad news. Okay. That's a bit more for me. Pitch, the TV show Mm. that I really liked and I think you enjoyed as well. I liked it a lot, yeah. Has been officially canceled. By Fox. Yes. It had been kind of uh, very suspiciously just not mentioned for many months. Yeah. Like, it's almost time for them to be making announcements, or they have been making announcements for the fall shows and stuff, and it was very conspicuously absent from a lot of their announcements. So Pitch uh, was the show about the first female player in the major leagues. Um, What was her character's name? Ginny. Ginny Ginny Baker was a pitcher, 
And they used, it was like a joint production with Major League Baseball, so they used real teams and stuff and real footage from games. So she played for the San Diego Padres. And I was like blown away by the first episode and by the footage. Yeah. Like they made it seem like almost a document, not a mockumentary, but right. like an actual like ESPN yeah. documentary. Like it was, it was legit. Yeah. And it was very realistic. We've talked about last week how I love my sports dramas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was just it was really well done. I thought it was very tactfully done. Well, a lot of the episodes yeah. and they got into some issues with the flashbacks that they tried to do yeah. to build up the the characterizations. Uh, but the stuff in the present tense in her, you know, the the issues she had to deal with, the controversies that came up, um, like it brought up. Yeah. Um, sexism yeah. quite a bit. That was pretty much the entire show was yeah. sexism. Like if you treat her differently, does that, is that sexist? But if you don't treat her differently and don't give her any uh, special treatment, is that sexist in its own yeah. way? Like kind of skating that line. And most importantly, you started watching the show and you didn't even recognize who Mike Lawson was. Yeah. Mark Paul Gosler. Yeah. He got fat. And had the beard. Yeah. Yeah. No, I did not recognize it. No, that that's true. Yeah. I well, I watched the first episode. I had no idea what it was about. Somebody posted on Facebook. I honestly thought it was going to be like a show choir show. <laughs> pitch. I thought it was like singing it was a pitch. pitch. Perfect knockoff. And then I was like, what the heck is this baseball show that I'm watching? And it was amazing. And then you were mad I watched it without Well, yeah, because you screamed out at the end, oh my God, he was dead the whole time. So I thought you were like watching a big horror thriller now or something. Yeah, you just spoiled it for everybody. It's fine. Uh, my favorite episode, I won't dwell too much on this. We're never going to get a conclusion to that last episode, no. which was really good. They did very good at building the tension and the drama a couple times they missed a little bit with some of like the front office kind of bullshit yeah but the best episode was that anxiety episode uh remind me what happened in that one she was up for a big deal with nike and they basically did this ad series where they compared her to like jackie robinson and other um trailblazers in sports especially in baseball and she was kind of uncomfortable given that being given that label she knew it was important as the first female athlete but at the same time she didn't want to like give herself that title of trailblazer like you know history making person she's just trying to play ball well she was really young too (laughs) anyways so she runs away from this nike party with the cocktail waitress and then she goes to this other party and is in this really expensive dress, gets really drunk, jumps in a pool, but before she jumps in the pool, she puts a pair of Reeboks on the night of her Nike gala. Yeah. So it's this whole thing, and you think, like, the girl she went went with, she has this, like, kind of incriminating video footage, but instead of, like, selling it to the media, this cocktail waitress who ends up being a nice person, like, brings it to her managers, and it's like, we have, like, I'm worried about her. Yeah. So it was really just about, like, anxiety and how she was handling it or not handling it. And it was, I thought it was just a really well-done episode. Yeah. Um, like, it shouldn't have been that relatable, seeing she's, like, a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, You're the best softball player in Australia. Yeah, not quite, but okay. thank you. Uh, anyways, I'm very upset that it's canceled, especially with the cliffhangers they gave us towards the end um, of the season. Yeah, we'll never know if she banged Zach Morris or not. Mm, I was more concerned about did she break her arm. Oh, yeah. Um, but you're correct. That's also a cliffhanger. We never know what's going to happen with her and Mark Paul Gossler. So yeah. very bummed about that. That was one of the more unique shows we've watched recently. Yeah. I feel like shows end up kind of all looking the same for mm-hmm. the type of shows that get put to cable TV and stuff. And this one was really different and really enjoyable and bummed that it will not be continued. I was just thinking, I don't know that many other shows that I can think of that I really loved that were canceled. I'm not like one of those Firefly people that are like forever 
going to well, be Well, that's upset. what... People started mentioning that maybe it would get picked up by a streaming service or something, but I just kind of doubt that based on it, it It has to have that Major League Baseball backing, and it must have been a really expensive show to film. That's what I think, is that if it was any other show, they probably would have let it slip by with the ratings it got, but it must be ridiculous to try and film it in Major League stadiums. Yeah, the only other thing that I'll say is that by the end of the season, I was much more invested in what was happening off the field than on the field. Like, some of the episodes, I think they probably didn't even have any game well, footage in. the anxiety episode I was just talking right. about, I don't think there was a game in that. There was some so maybe, locker room footage. But. Maybe they could do it without, you know, doing any actual baseball scenes, but I haven't heard of anyone seriously considering it yet. No, I mean, the ratings weren't superb, but yeah. um, I am upset about that. Okay, so let's get into our main topics of the week. Are we going TV first? We're going book books first. Book first. So. The children love. I posted that GIF on Twitter to make sure people knew what you were talking okay, about. good. Otherwise, they're just worried about me. Yes. Mm. Especially because you're imitating a nun. In case they didn't uh. realize that. So, we're talking about one of my favorite books from the past year or so, a year and a half. You read it in the past year, but it's a few years older than that, I think. Yes, probably. Yeah. Um, the Song of Achilles by mm. Madeline Miller. This was a rare book that I pretty much immediately reread it. After finishing the book, hmm. I want to reread books that I like. And as I'm getting older, I think I am doing that a bit more, actually, because I know that it's going to make me happy to reread some of these books that I like. Okay. Um, and I enjoy going back to some of the parts that I that I really liked the first time around. Mm-hmm. But this book, I, I literally could not put the book down. I, I was cooking dinner in one hand I and reading the book that. with the other hand because I like was close to the ending and literally couldn't put the book down. Yeah. So really beautiful writing. You have to know what happens at the end. Like, you cannot put the book down once you're, like, the last, you know, 50 or 100 pages left. And you cried. Cried so much. Both times? Probably. Yeah. Um, and I think I cried more the second time because I knew it was coming. Oh. Like, it, like the some of the earlier scenes that are meant to be happy scenes are tinged with sadness if you know the ending. Like, uh, we'll probably end up giving some spoilers, but it's, it's a great tragedy. Do you want to, like, give the summary? Or do you want me to do the summary? I think you better do the summary. I'm not up <laughs> on my Greek mythology, really. Um, I, ha- I used to like it when I was younger. I had a Greek mythology book uh, that mm-hmm. my cousin gave me that I used to read a lot when I was younger. Um, but basically it is... The story of Achilles, but it's told from the perspective of... Patrocles. Right. Who in the normal mythology stories is what? Achilles' his, right-hand man? Yeah, his battle yeah. companion, his friend, his whatever. Yeah. In this, it's been retold as this tragic romance. Mm-hmm. So Patrocles and Achilles start as friends and kind of training buddies, and yeah. Patrocles is a little bit his, like, uh, less important bitch, kind of. Okay. <laughs> he's, like, not servant, but it's kind of, like, friend that's not as high socially as he is. And then he becomes a friend with benefits. Yes. And then it's this kind of tragic love story. They become really close friends. Mm -hmm. Achilles has all this training to do because he's fated to become this, you know, amazing warrior. He can't lose. And there's this um, prophecy about him that he'll he'll be invincible until he fights Hector. And he's got a mom in the ocean who's like a total drag. Well, he's half... Half god. Half god. Yeah. So his mother is a goddess who was... um, basically against her will forced to have him Mm -hmm. and that comes up a lot throughout the book as well because she kind of disapproves of a lot of his choices and wants to make him more of a god than than a man yeah um but if anyone knows their greek mythology it's not a happy ending no it's very much a greek tragedy he's basically fated to die but not until he meets hector in battle and um 
he's meant to be the greatest warrior in his generation, et cetera, et cetera. So he is quite cocky and his pride leads to his downfall in the end, but just beautiful writing and a, just a beautiful story. One of the best like romance type stories. I gave it a B on book digits. So that's a, that's good for me. Okay. For you. Yeah. I'm not, I've never really been a fan of mythology. I'm not quite sure why, I think it sort of makes me uh, uncomfortable with the way that um, modern audiences treat mythology as, like, fantasy kind of, whereas back then it was, like, their religion, right? Okay. I can so see that. it just, yeah. When I think, you know, generations from now, if people look back on our time and say, wow, they were such fool- fools for thinking these types of things. Okay. So, I, I don't know, I just never have been a huge fan of mythology, but I think what made this book work specifically is that, you know, the gods played a role in it, but it wasn't the focus of the book. Correct. They were there, and they were real, and there, yeah. it wasn't questioned that if they were real or not, but the focus of the book was really um, the coming-of-age story of these two boys and how their relationship developed and how their relationship kind of affected the events that happened around them. Yeah, so that made it an, an interesting read for me just because it was more the focus on their emotions rather than the other forces in play. But there was this prophecy hanging over everything, and prophecies in books for me is just... You hate things that have to do with fate and you know. all of that, so I'm not surprised you didn't like that aspect of it. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was well-written, maybe a little bit trying too hard to be lyrical at times. There's not a lot of room for, I guess, humor in Greek uh, tragedies, yeah, it's, but... It's not very witty. It's very serious. Yeah, it's very yeah. straightforward, serious book. Um, I would say my only kind of criticism of it is the pacing is a bit yeah. off. Like, the beginning of the book, when you're getting to know Patrocles, and he's getting to be Achilles' friend, and, and kind of Patrocles' backstory is a little bit boring, and there's some very kind of long segments where if you don't care about Greek mythology, it's just kind of like a list of mm-hmm. characters from Greek mythology at different battle summits and whatever that gets a little bit old. Um, and I know you had an issue with the passage of time in the second half of yeah, the book. Yeah, it, it was more of an issue for me in the in the later parts of the book uh, when they get to Troy and start having their battles. Something like, what is it, 10 years go yeah, by? Yeah, and like start... a flip of a page, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. And it just sounds like a real, real tough place to be hanging out for that long of time. Um, so I just, I mean, I knew it wasn't going to be a happy ending, but it broke my heart, the ending. Mm. It was, uh, I think the best kind of way to sum it up, or one of the parts that was very sad upon the second reread is this conversation that Patrocles and Achilles have um, when they've already become lovers but aren't on the way to battle in Troy and kind of the shit hasn't hit the fan yet. And they have this conversation where Achilles says, name me one hero that's been happy. Mm. And they talk about a bunch of other heroes that, you know, completed their mission and saved everybody but lost their family, lost their home, lost their legs, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. In order of importance? (laughs) I'm just saying that there's always this tragedy that goes along with the heroic act. Of course. And Achilles says... I'll tell you a secret. I'm going to be the first one that's happy. And you know why? It's because of you. Like, he honestly believed for a while that he could be happy and that Patrocles was going to be the thing that changed it. Mm -hmm. And I think as they got older, they kind of probably didn't quite believe that anymore. Like, the kind of tone that it changes to when they're in Troy waiting for the battle and stuff gets a bit bit bitter. Um, But... War will do that to you. (laughs) Okay. But I think the saddest part is that... Spoilers coming. Is that 
they both prepared for Achilles to die. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the phrasing in it is basically they knew that at some point Achilles was going to die. He was not going to live to be an old man. Like Patrocles kind of wanted to think that they would grow old together, but they both knew realistically right. that wasn't going to be allowed to happen with the way events unfolded. But neither of them prepared for Patrocles to die first. Like Achilles I didn't see the twist coming. Achilles always thought he was going to go out in this blaze of glory. Eventually, he was going to, he would still be the greatest warrior, but eventually he was going to die. And there's some lines where Patrocles is basically like, I'm not planning to live very much longer than he is. I know he's going to die first. So the fact that Patrocles goes first and then the whole ending, frantic ending part where like nobody's respecting his wishes and he's like wandering around as a ghost and oh my God, I was crying so hard. Heavy stuff. Crying so hard. Uh, I pulled up. The book, The Song of Achilles, it's um, Amazon page and doing my due diligence research yeah. for this podcast. Lots of good uh, quote recommendations from famous authors and such. Uh, J.K. Rowling was quoted as saying, I loved it. Just those three <laughs> words. Nothing else. But I not have time for a longer quote. I'm guessing again. they were quoting a tweet or something. But... Probably. Or like a reply to someone like, <laughs> yeah. have you read this? And she wrote, I loved it. Yeah. So the publisher That's snatched funny. that up and <laughs> using it to sell books now. Um... So it's one of the most beautiful books I've read recently, and I really enjoyed it. What What would you say? Would you recommend it, or to whom would you recommend it? I think it? people should read it because in in reading about the author, she spent ten years writing the book. <laughs> well, she's also like a Greek and archaeology yeah. professor or something. Yeah, she she was like preparing her whole life to write this book. So yeah, I can afford to spend four or five days reading it. She Other than that. the author deserving it, did you enjoy it, or do you think it's worth reading for people? I did enjoy it, and I think it can be, you know, for people who are big mythology geeks and those like me who aren't, um, I think you can come at it from either direction. That's There's what she no said. That's double what she said. there. <laughs> yes, there was. Okay. All right, so that's it for our book of the week. Yep. You want to move on to the TV show for this week? Let's do it. We were talking about... Um, sporting television before, and mm-hmm. now we have a good connection to make. We never watched the show Friday Night Lights when it was actually on television. Mm-hmm. I never got into it uh, because I was confused, I think, when it was on television because there had been a movie called Friday Night Lights, right. which I think was based on a book called Friday Night Lights. And so I was just like, I can't watch the show if I haven't seen either of those things, so I'll just ignore it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't watch it either, and I think it was actually my pick for a TV show mm-hmm. after we finished Buffy, could probably because you lost another bet to me. Yeah. Um, but I think you maybe ended up liking it a bit more, at least seasons one and two. Yeah, but it was one of those shows that was always showing up as free on different streaming services, so yep. eventually we said, oh, let's just give Except it a Except during football season. Do you remember they like, took it off free streaming during yeah. football season? Amazon tried to be sneaky, but we found it on Netflix in the end. For now. So, yes, we have finished... Uh, season three of Friday Night Lights. Uh, season one, I wasn't quite hooked yet. I just can't handle the camera style. And I don't know if they've lessened up on that, like, shaky, I'm filming you from behind the bushes kind of camera yeah. angle. Or if I've just gotten used to it and I care enough about the characters now to push past it. But that, like, literally the entire first season. It's very distracting. It's very distracting. It literally looks like they're hiding behind, like, a mailbox trying to film people. Yeah. Especially because we're watching The Office at the moment as well, where that's much more of a mockumentary. Like, they know they're being filmed and they talk into the camera. Yeah. This is the opposite of that. It's, like, so stealthy of camera angles that it's yeah. annoying and creepy. Yeah, so that was definitely distracting in season one. Uh, also, while we were watching season one, I couldn't really tell what the point of the show was. Like, they seemed to be emphasizing how 
ridiculous this... How terrifying yeah. Texas is and how I never want to live in the South. Yeah, and how obsessive this high school football things thing can get. But at the same time, they're also glorifying it because they were, you know, showcasing these young athletes as being the heroes of the town. Right. They didn't seem to be able to make up their mind whether they wanted to condemn it or condone it. Oh. Do you see that there? That was clever. That was good. So I think as the seasons have gone on, season two went off the fucking rails. I don't know what happened in season two. Yeah. Season three, I think they finally found their zone where they're still kind of glorifying the athletes themselves and their accomplishments. Right. But especially with Tammy Taylor being the principal, they're very much exposing how hypocritical a lot of the like football boosters and the football yeah. atmosphere is. So they don't really want what's best for the kids. They want a competitive football team that they can brag about. Yeah. In season two, we were very confused because we got to the last episode in Netflix. It just ends. It just ended. You don't hear, you know, if they got to the playoffs. There was a lot of cliffhangers. There's a baby. Yeah. Uh, and then we did a little bit of research, and it turned out that was circa... Uh, writer's Strike. Hollywood Writer's Strike. So the show uh, basically killed off the rest of that season and tried to pick up fresh the year after. It's a very strange transition. Yeah. The season two was strange anyway. I, I can't believe you liked season two. We were just I talking did. about this earlier. Yeah. Season two was a mess. I did not like the whole Landry and Tyra killed someone storyline. Uh, it was too stressful and not in a fun way. Yeah. And like the Jason Street stuff was weird. Is that when they went to Mexico? Yeah. Um, you liked he that should episode? Have, well, I was hoping that was his farewell when he fell <laughs> off the boat. I was hoping that was it for Jason Street. <laughs> Like he was saying that about Landry. I wish he would just die and sick of his character. Yeah, they should just take the bad characters off on a boat at the end of every season. <laughs> Push them off the boat. Yeah. That's it. Well, now that we're getting into some of the characters, I think it's time for our game that I came up with because... You did not come up with this game. For this segment. You decided I, to use yeah. it for this segment, yes. yeah. just because Friday Night Lights has such a large ensemble cast, I figured we should play, what's it called? Fuck, Mary kill. Right. I just have to say before this that anything involving Tim Riggins... I will love him forever. He's too good for this world. <sighs> we'll get into that. Okay. Are you starting or am I starting? I have four I'm... going from most serious to silliest. Okay. I'll give you a softball to start with. Okay. Uh, Coach Taylor, Tammy Taylor, and Julie Taylor. Ew. Kill Julie. She's so whiny. She um, cries a lot. Probably fuck Coach Taylor and marry Tammy Taylor. Tammy Taylor has got her shit together a lot of the times, and I think mm-hmm. she's got head on her shoulders. I don't think I'd, I like Mr. Early Edition. What's his name? Kyle Chandler? Uh, yeah. Um, but I think I'd get so fucking annoyed being married to him. He's such a good guy, though. Such a good coach. Such a good man. Well, we'll get to that in a little bit. <sighs> Do you want your first serious one? Yeah, I guess so. Julie, Lila, Tyra. You said all their names correctly. When we're watching the show, you can never say their names. Julie, Lila, and Tyra. Lila and Tyra are way too similar. Which of them am I legally allowed to screw? Um, Just assume that you're the same age as them. Okay. Um, Lila's super hot, so I would definitely screw her. Okay. Uh, you have to marry one of them too, honey. Though you just oh you get to marry either Julie or Tyra. I would kill off Tyra. She's a little too tall. Really? For, she's a little too tall for me. She's tall. <laughs> You're gonna marry Julie? I just killed her. She's fine. I think I could. I think I could turn Julie around. I think <laughs> she could dry those tears on me. Okay. Hit me with my next one. Okay. Okay. Next one for you. Smash, Mama Smash. <laughs> And Buddy Garrity. Ew, Buddy Garrity kill. Ugh. Um, man. Smash and Mama Smash. Who are you going to love 
for a this little bit. It's going to be weird. If I screw Mama Smash and then marry her son, <laughs> I think that's what I would do. I think I could change Smash a little bit. Yeah, Mama Smash just needs a good lay, I think. <laughs> she needs some money for her family. That's fine. And Brian! Brian! <laughs> you want that in bed? <laughs> All right, okay. your next one. Hit me. Tim Riggins. Yeah. Cowboy, what's his face? Cowboy, what's his face? Yeah, the one Tyrone ran away okay, with for half yeah. a second. Or Coach Taylor. Um. Okay, I would kill off the cowboy. Because he's going to die in the rodeo anyways. Probably. Everyone tell- shot from the, the get, like all the debt he owes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's not in a good place. Who was my third person? Coach Taylor and oh, Tim Riggins. Oh, this is tough. Coach Taylor and Tim Riggins. Who's your pick? Um, um, I don't trust Tim Riggins long term. I can't. I can't. Okay. I did love it when he ordered pigeon at that restaurant. Though. That was one of my favorite <laughs> moments. Also, Sir, side the pigeon. <laughs> side note: uh, If you need something to like really make you sad, just look up. Taylor Kitsch's uh, IMDb list. Yeah, it's we, really we realized sad. he's in John Carter. I'm going to pretend that's in there. And that's again. about it since Friday Night Lights yeah. is the sad part. Well, no one's going to hire him after that, mess. No. Okay. Um, I have two really good ones left, so I'll use I one of them I have two good now. ones as well. Okay. Here you go. Santiago. Oh, I forgot about who him. Who I've confirmed does not come back at all. Okay. He was He was a victim of the writer's strike. Okay. Santiago. Lila's church boy toy. Oh, Yeah. It's getting obscure. And, yeah, this is good. Landry's lesbian bassist. Ooh, okay. Good one, huh? Um. Santiago, church boy, lesbian bassist. Ooh. I'd probably marry the church boy. Yeah, no, he was. Um, I just can't decide if I'd rather screw Santiago or screw the lesbian bassist. (laughs) I think I'm going to chuck the lesbian bassist. I didn't like her that much. I think she'd probably be pretty good in bed. But I'm going to chuck her and I'm going to screw Santiago. Okay. Well done. Um, all right, here's one for you. Okay. Buddy Garrity. Yeah. JD's dad. Okay. Or Billy Riggins. Huh. Who was the first one? Buddy Garrity. Buddy? JD's dad that just JD's beat his son dad. recently. Yeah. He, he's, a, he's a piece of work. Also from Switched Up Earth. Also a base, a, a sports. Oh, let's be a a sportsy dad. He was a professional baseball player in that show. Okay, killing him off for sure. He's a mild child abuser. Yes. Buddy Garrity or who? So you're gonna either marry or screw Buddy Garrity now? Yeah. Who's my other pick? Billy Riggins. Okay. Um. Do you want to be married to Billy's garage with the bull? I don't. Or think do you want to be married to the car? This creepy car salesman that's an alcoholic and cheated on his wife. I kind of like Buddy's apartment. Oh, honey, that's it's a, a nice deal breaker for his apartment. <laughs> It's not even a house. He's got memorabilia. Not anymore. Santiago stole it all. Yeah, we'll see. So, yeah, I stick with Buddy long term. He's got cute kids. Oh, God, honey. Buddy Jr. I was going to bring up. I agree. And so that leaves me screwing who? Billy Riggins. That's fine. All right, right. you ready for the clincher? Yep. This is the one I've been working my way up to. Yep. Here you go. Matt Saracen's mom. (laughs) Matt Saracen's grandma. And Matt Saracen's Guatemalan nurse. Screw the... No. And the nurse. Mm, Marry the nurse. Get her for her green card. She can never leave. Marry the nurse. Screw the mom. 
And sorry, kill the grandma. What? No, you can, then you can go to art school. You gotta kill the mom. She and is. screw the grandma. She's got dementia. That's legally rape, probably. No, I was screwing the Guatemalan nurse. And marrying obviously. the grandma. Yes, one of those deathbed marriages for her social security benefits. That's an idea. Hmm. All right, that All right. was fun. I'll give you my last one. It's okay. a little bit similar. Tyra's mom. Tyra's mom. Yeah, she's a mama smash. Yeah. Matt's grandma. Okay. The Guardian Edition. Killing off those. Um, Mama Smash, Tyra's mom. Can't kill Mama Smash. Grandma Saracen. In this case, I would kill Grandma Saracen. You just yelled at me for killing her a minute ago. No, she got to see a championship. (laughs) She got to see her boy played wide receiver. (laughs) What more could a woman want, really? Uh, And in that case, I'm still screwing Mama Smash. And okay. she would be a bowl full of jelly. <laughs> and She's not Santa Claus. Who am I marrying them? Tyra's mom. Oh, gosh. You keep leaving your, putting yourself into a corner with this who's left to marry. Terrible. This was your choice. Okay. All right. Do we want to just finish with where we think the characters are going for season three? Yeah. Kind of I left that at a weird finale. I looked finale. ahead a little bit. I didn't get any spoilers, but... A lot of the characters that we're fond of on Wikipedia were marked as, like, just guest guest characters for no. the next last two seasons. Well, I just, you, I can't believe you reminded me that Santiago, like, beat up his gangster friends yeah. and then just we never heard from him again. No. So they did the split into two schools at the end of season three. Right, but the penultimate... Penultimate. Penultimate episode was kind of the this big finale where they had the game and all of this. And then the last episode, it was like a weird time jump. Mm-hmm. And everyone who had made these cool decisions to like go away to school or go here or go there, like yeah. all changed their mind basically. Pretty much Tyra is the only one that ended up Tyra and Lila. Yeah. Um, I and mean, I guess Billy, I mean, um, I guess Tim eventually decided to go. Right. After Billy kind of forced him. But Matt was going to go, and then he decided he couldn't leave his grandma because she raised him. That was she really, really likes choice. dancing at weddings. <laughs> and then Lila was going to go with Tim, mm. and now she's going to go to Vanderbilt. And I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm a little sad if these characters well, leave. Well, yeah, there's going to be a whole new set of characters. I'm is this finally, Michael B. Jordan comes in? You've been asking every episode. finally going to find out who Michael B. Jordan is because I don't actually know who he is. All right. It's time. Well, maybe we'll do another one after the next couple seasons and see where we are with it. I was a little bit shaky after season one and two. End of season one, I definitely wanted to continue season two. Season two, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Season three was fantastic. It was a really solid season. It made me really like the characters, and Tim Riggins is amazing. So do we want to end on a positive note or a negative note? We're going to play good cop, bad cop with the upcoming things a little bit today. Uh, Do we want to start with the bad things and end with a happy thought? No, vice versa. Okay, start with your good things. What you are looking forward to. Yeah. Um, Headline this week that the director of The Sandlot is working on a new baseball movie. Yay, that's nice. I don't know who he is or what the new movie is about, but... Sandlot's pretty good, and another good baseball movie. Never hurt. I never liked the Sandlot as much as I liked Angels in the Outfield, but so I was going to quiz you on some of your your baseball movie lineage. Mm-hmm. So Angels in the Outfield, sure, of course, a classic. Field of Dreams, good one. Field of Dreams, of course. Now, have you seen the sort of companion film to Field of Dreams called For Love of the Game? Is that the basketball one? No, 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 no. You're thinking of Love and Basketball. Oh, sorry. Uh, you've never seen For Love of the Game with Kevin Costner. Not the rookie. Not the... No, no, that's Dennis Quaid. Oh, Dennis, sorry. That one's not that good. 
Who's in Field of Dreams? Kevin Costner. That's why I said it's like a companion film. I don't know if I've seen that one. We're I probably go. have. I feel like my mom probably made me watch it. Okay. He plays for the De- Detroit Tigers, and he's in the midst of trying for a perfect game, and there's flashbacks to his no, real life. Never okay, seen you're that. gonna love it. You're gonna love it. We're gonna watch that before. I'm next gonna week. make you watch the Aristocats as well, which came out this week. <laughs> You've not seen that companion film to Field of Dreams. Little known <laughs> French cats. <laughs> Okay, so we definitely watched Field of Dreams. I don't think you've also watched Rookie of the Year. Is that the one where he goes back in time into medieval, the castle? No, it's it's not a baseball movie. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. What? That was that like Disney Channel movie where he's a baseball player and then he goes back in time. Prince and the Poppers? No. Okay, Um, Rookie of the Year. Is that different than Rookie? That's different than the rookie. Yes. Which one's rookie of the year? Rookie of the year is he he breaks his arm and it becomes like a bionic arm kind of. And so he's at, uh, I think, uh, I forget what team he ends up playing for, but he throws a ball back, uh, a home run ball back to the field and he throws it all the way to the catcher. And then he gets picked up by the team as like a 12-year-old and gets to pitch. Oh, yes. A kid in King Arthur's court. Yeah, there's a baseball motif to it? Yes, baseball time travel movie is what I just Okay, Google. that's a very specific genre. <laughs> um, the other one that you need to see is Little Big League, where he becomes the general manager and coach of the Minnesota Twins, also a 12-year-old. No, I have not seen okay, that Okay, we gotta catch up on those. Okay. I swear this was a real... He wears his baseball uniform the entire movie. So, what, is he introduced Merlin to the curveball? What, ca- what happens? He has to save Camelot in order to <laughs> return home and finish his baseball game. I don't know. I swear it's a real movie. Okay. Anyways. So that was one. And then um, I don't normally watch movie trailers, but the new this Christopher Nolan war movie showed up. Dunkirk. Dunkirk. We saw the trailer ahead of one of the IMAX movies that we saw earlier right. this year. Right. They're doing a bunch of special promotions with IMAX because I believe it was filmed like on actual film, not digital. Sure. They have to do some special thing with like the IMAX production booths or yeah. uh, projector booths, I should say, to be able to show it in IMAX but on real film. I don't know. Someone was talking so, about yeah, it. So yeah, I'm a terrible uh, World War II historian, so I know nothing about this the context of this you don't even film. need to specify world war ii i just don't think we're the biggest history buffs right. or the biggest war movie buffs uh and so but the fact that it's a christopher nolan flick uh leaves me lukewarm i don't know uh, interstellar came up on television a few weeks ago and that did not stand up at all no i first of all <laughs> matthew mcconaughey was a terrible choice mm. i'm terrified of space movies which we may get into on a different podcast if we get to see any more <laughs> space movies um, absolutely terrified of outer space, but the ending was just absolute shite of that movie. It's yeah. terrible. Um, Inception, I still think may be my favorite movie of all time or may be one of my least favorite movies. I have absolutely no <laughs> idea still. Okay. I read a few things online about what his totem actually was and did the, uh, what's her face? It doesn't matter because it was her totem and the whole point was you can't touch anyone else's totems. <sighs> you can't use anyone else's totem so it's never going to work right for him in the first place because it wasn't his. But I'm just worried that these fan theories are actually smarter than Christopher Nolan Probably. Is. Probably. So. I think he was like, I can't decide in the ending. We'll just go black. <sighs> okay. What are your bad upcoming things that bad you upcoming bitch things. about? Um... First one, throwback to what you said earlier this episode. Oh. I thought the Game of Thrones news you were going to say is that there are four spinoffs coming. Well, I saw some headlines about that. So first of all, this but season... With all different directors. This season coming up is a very short season, I read. It's only like seven well, episodes. they keep getting shorter because they keep having to pay more mm. for the production of it because they just keep having to go more over the top. Those dragons are... 
requiring Dragons higher and the fees. Armies yeah. and the, they're, they're, they negotiated for... Yeah, they almost went on strike, I heard. <laughs> so it's getting more expensive and more time-consuming to produce, I think. Yeah. And the expectations are higher to make the special effects better. Um, but they're also getting to the end. They're way off book at this point. They're and way ahead of the people are now books. mildly confident that you'll never get another book, they're saying now. I mean, he's morbidly obese. I think he's going to die before Is the other. he attached to these spinoffs that they're talking about? I'm not sure. I didn't read too much about it. No, one of them. Yeah. One of them he was going to write for or, like, approve stuff for. The other one's not so much. But he does have some other, a lot of other, like, novellas and um, guidebooks and shit. <laughs> like, published. Guidebooks isn't the right word. Okay. But, um, like, companion yeah. um, pieces to... To the Game of Thrones books. So, so are these spinoffs going to cross genres? Are we going to get a musical one? Are we going to get a buddy comedy? Would be strange. A buddy comedy would actually be pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's going to be four, apparently. And it just goes oh. back to what we were saying. It's like, I understand Game of Thrones is popular and people want the moneymaker and they think yeah. it's a sure bet. But four spinoffs? Yeah. That seems unnecessary. And like Game of Thrones is dark and heavy to watch as it, as it is. I don't know that yeah, I want every night of the week TV you want shows. that. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, the next one, Sense Eight okay. season two is out. Yeah, it's dropped. It's dropped. It's dropped. Um, Just even the promotional photos of it make it look like they're like making fun of it. But, but they're totally serious. Yeah. They're totally serious. I was on board with Sense8 for about, like, 13 minutes of Ooh, the pilot. I think we might be the only two people on Earth that did not like Sense8. Mm. It, was, it, was, it was a comedy to us, but it wasn't supposed to be. Yeah. The, they took themselves way too seriously. And the storyline with the Latin American actor was the only one the that The only good one. Lido, Lido and um, yeah. Hernando. Yeah. The only good app. Like, I... Basically, for the last, like, seven of ten episodes, I was yeah. only watching it for those two. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, terrible. Not believable characters, not believable threats and storylines. Ridiculous, over-the-top, like, saves that don't make any sense, even for a show about sharing consciousness. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to watch season two, and I did not watch that Christmas special that apparently they made. I thought that was a joke, too. Not a joke. Okay. Um, so... Not psyched about that. Another reason for us to dump Netflix, maybe. Speaking of other Netflix things, okay. I saw an article, just a headline, I didn't even read it. 13 Reasons Why Season 2 with Hannah. What? Who killed herself in the last episode. <sighs> so, it was meant to be a standalone one season because it's based in the book, and she literally killed herself at the end. Oh. So... I don't know how they're going to do a season two in the first place. Once again, just because it's popular does not mean you need to no. force a season don't two. You have to burn everyone out on everything. And if there's a season two, why do you need to force Hannah to come back? Do something different with it. Hmm. So that's stupid. And now they've had to put like extra suicide warnings on the show, I heard. And some schools are banning kids from even talking about the show now. Yeah, I we were talking to someone, uh, one of our friends who works with at-risk youth. Um, and... We kind of agree that it's good to get the conversation started about these types of things, right. but the glorifying it or making it seem like it'll make you popular, make people talk about you, or, or make you infamous yeah. is not a good message to be sending. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what they're going to do with season two. Uh, and one last one. Have sure. you seen this one? What is it? Pottermore. The okay. Wizarding World Book Club, where they're just rereading the Harry Potter books and then like 
having a forum about it. It's okay. very 1995. So Pottermore, is is anybody still using this website? Pottermore has been a disappointment from like day one. They, they built it up so much. You had to like, I remember staying up late with people to try and get like the secret get passwords. Your Gotta get your username. Yeah, get like the one of the first sets of usernames to be like the beta testers for it and all of this. Disappointing from day one. The only good part is getting your wands and getting... Sorted, sorted into your house, house yeah. based on actual J.K. Rowling's test that she made and tested and whatever. Yeah. And it definitely changed my thoughts about what house I was in. Yeah. I always would have said okay Ravenclaw. As a I'm, Hufflepuff now. I'm a proud Hufflepuff now. Yeah. So it definitely changed that. But that's the only good part about it. And the Patronus. I was quite excited about Patronus, the Patronus. Mine was some, some sort of angry beast. You don't remember? I thought it was like an eagle or it something. It was bird-like. They were mine was, a, mine was a wild cat, and I was very excited <gasps> about it. Aristocats. Crossover. Um, but yeah, the book club, first of all, like it's so 90s and early 2000s. Like, is it just going to be like people in forums like yelling about whether they like Snape or not or whether huh. how much they hate Ginny? It's been so redone on every website. What new What new thing are they going to add to There's this? There's got to be some fan theories out there about something that JK didn't even think about. There's nothing new, I can guarantee you. I'm glad people are still reading them and, mm. and I do like to reread them once in a while. I have potentially a Harry Potter trivia night coming up. <laughs> so... I'm fine with people rereading it. I just don't understand what it's going to add, and I don't understand Pottermore in general. I think it's been quite a letdown. Like, they made it sound like it was going to be this really interactive thing where instead it was like you click on three things and find some <laughs> jelly beans, and then there's a, like, five-line story about Professor McGonagall. Maybe people will come to realize that Neville is the true hero of the Harry Potter series. Yeah. But all I see is people just reliving all the same arguments they've been having for a thousand years. Yeah. And I just don't understand, like, what value add it's going to give to the fandom. Huh. So I was not excited to hear about that either. Okay. So, a little bit of a negative note to end it on there. Yeah. I promise I'll have some things I'm looking forward to soon enough. Hope so. Guess we're going to have to come back for Fantasy Baseball Hour. No more Fantasy Baseball. We didn't even do any ads this hour. Oh, yeah. Make sure you sign up for Book Digits. Get a free account. You can win a raffle just for reviewing books. Giving away $15 to Amazon this month. Just for reviewing books and posting your rating on Book Digits. You can use the Find a Book Quiz if you want a new book to read. You can track your to-read list, track your reading goals. It's all for free. It's better than Goodreads. Bookdigits.com, B-O-O-K-D-I-G-I-T-S.com. Make sure you check out our podcast Twitter page, at DDGetDown. I'll be posting all of the links, uh, most of the links of what we've talked about today, Mm -hmm. in case you missed any of those things in the internet news, in case you're like Ben in here and just don't follow the internet. Yeah, I have you to catch me up, so that's fun. And we will see you guys next week. I I figured out a good way for us to end our shows now. Okay. Ready? You say goodbye. Goodbye. And then I go, bye, 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 bye. I'm going to bring some more Backstreet Boys into the show eventually. You just wait. Blah.